previously on Belgravia, the next chapter, Clara and Frederick are not doing so great. So Frederick's putting all his time and energy into Silvermine, which hopefully the Marquise lets him in on. And Clara, she's been spending all her time with the beatniks and the poets and the painters, and she even sat down to be painted at the very end of last week's episode. Also, our boy, the Reverend, he's getting blackmailed for what happened at the bathhouse. And who knows what's going to happen there. Otherwise, we got a lot of characters doing a lot of things. Let's keep the train rolling on the Lord of Grantham podcast. We are back. Season, well, a new chapter season one. In my notes, I always wrote Belgravia season two. Belgravia, new chapter, next chapter. Come on. <laughs> season one, episode six. What's is going it really on, Corey? season one? Is it, or is it, you know. It's like a special mini series, I think, right? That's what they're. It's, it's technically Belgravia season two, but it's also Belgravia the next chapter season one. It's whatever you want it to be. It's everything to everyone. It's Bel- it is. <laughs> it's Belgravia. And nothing to many. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing to a lot more people. Uh, how you doing, Dave? I'm good. We all, we went gambling on Saturday. <laughs> we we did. A, we had a night on the town. We saw a, a rock and roll legend, allegedly. And <laughs> allegedly, what do you mean, Chubby Checker? The one of the biggest number one hits of all time. We we saw. It started as a joke around New Year's. We were looking at upcoming concerts and stuff. And then, for some reason, our eyes just were drawn to Chubby Checker coming to the Wolf's Den at Mohegan Sun, and we willed it into existence. We all went to see Chubby Checker do the twist with everyone. 82 years young. Do the twist again like we did last summer, the Limbo Rock. Fantastic show. The guy can still perform. For for, for the price and for his age, I, we, I think we were pleasantly surprised in the best ways. I think I actually would have paid for that show. That was a good show. That's a twenty dollars show, twenty five dollars show. Sure. He, no he question, you, your time's worth absolutely. Chubby Checker, if he comes to town, check him out. Yeah. <laughs> Any, I mean, we have some news on the the, the fronts of our shows, right? Well, not yes. really news, news, but yeah. Let's pivot to what we're here to talk about. Um, so th- there was the SAG Awards, and so of course at the SAG Awards is always the crown won an award, and this time again it was Elizabeth Debicki for her portrayal of Princess Diana. Uh, you can see in the video of her winning the award, she's totally shocked. She did not expect to win it. And to that point, uh, she collected her uh, award while barefoot on stage. Uh, she forgot to Good fast. for her. <laughs> I mean, she is incredibly tall. Uh, so, you know, it's okay that she didn't have her shoes up there, but she forgot to fasten them in. Uh, just for reference, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Debicki is six, point, six foot three inches, 1.9 meters tall. So... A lot of meters. A lot of towering over people. Uh, but congrats to her for the crown. We'll, we'll watch that show as soon as we're done with the, the next chapter of Bilgravia. But yes. Most importantly, the Gilded Age cast was there because the whole cast was nominated for uh, Best Ensemble and uh, a drama. So that meant the upstairs and downstairs got to show up. Everyone, you can look it up online, the Gilded Age cast, they were all uh, dressed up. All dressed up. No um, class divide between the downstairs and the upstairs. Just a bunch of fashionable 
performers. Yeah, and our boy Jack Trotta, uh, portrayed by Ben Allers, he was lapping it up. The man was literally in the center of the frame for the ensemble ensemble photo. There's videos online of him dancing uh, <laughs> at the ceremony. I mean, look, the, the cast is talented. I don't know if Jack Trotta is among the, the most talented of the cast. So he's he's Trotta though. We talked to him. Well, he he's he's a clockmaker. He's a needle mover. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know how many opportunities he'll have to rub elbows among the the toast of Hollywood. So. Happy for him to lap it up there at the SAG Awards. Well, hopefully often. Maybe. We'll see. And, and they did ask uh, Audrey McDonald, you know, who plays Peggy's uh, mother, about season three. And uh, you know, she talks about how happy she was that Julian Fellows was depicting a bit of history that can absolutely get buried and not talk about, uh, talked about. And mm-hmm. so she's hoping that there's more you know, ex- exploration of the black community, black community in New York City in the next season. <clears throat> But they have yet to receive scripts for the next season, but they are gearing up to start production in the next couple months. All right, that's a that's step forward. I mean, we could be looking at them returning as early as end of this year or you know beginning of next year. Yeah, and similarly, again, more non news, but High Clear Castle posting a lot, awful lot of Downton Abbey stuff. No, no official reports as of this week. But the the flame is being stoked. The you know the the fervor is growing for whatever this mysterious Downton Abbey project is. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I still maintain the stance. I'll believe it when I see it that it's something to take seriously. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's no. I think you know we're not ones to fantasy book here. I mean, we did write fan fiction, but we're not ones to say like pontificate and assume what we think is going to happen mm-hmm. but maybe uh maybe behind the paywall we should uh, just have an official <laughs> speculation down in future discussion in the next week or two okay yeah we can do that but but let's not let's not dwell on down let's talk about what the comings and goings of belgravia episode six here we are uh we open the episode with frederick watching over his foundry Yep. And that's about all we get with the foundry this episode. <laughs> just, just one shot. Yep. Frederick's going to work, you know. Uh, a lot of these are like high profile storylines. And so, like, it's really tough to pick where do we, what's the low hanging fruit that we start off with, you know? I think the lowest hanging fruit is uh, Maud. But again, that's still a relatively fairly important story. I, I, this is uh, a moment where I was like, oh, that's good writing. Because last week, Maud made her case to uh, Clara that I don't know how to read and I don't know how I'll ever make something of myself unless I learn how to read and write. And Clara said, I'll work with you. I can help you. Yeah. Uh, we'll get you to spell your name, Maud, correctly. <laughs> it's not going to be with a W. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, we're going to change a few things. Uh, yeah. So we see her... Uh, under the tutelage of Claire for one scene this episode. And Claire's taking a shine to her. She gives her a, a, a frock or a dress uh, to dress herself up with. Yeah, Davison doesn't seem too pleased with that. Right. It's like, who are you? Well, Davison's like, you're dragging me to like Beatnik City every every three days to hang out with these losers and they talk to me like I'm their friend. They're telling me to come join the party. No, no, no. This girl is just a mild-mannered you know, housekeeper 
she's you're teaching her to read and you're giving her your old clothes like why don't you just <laughs> go kick rocks lady yeah. i don't like you clara you're annoying um so what's the name of the boy that she talks to at the house there who's been leaving I, I would have my imdb pulled up and my laptop is just in the process of restarting so okay well so the, uh, that's the, the one name that i didn't the pilfer boy, the the coin collector. Well, yeah, because he, he leaves a, a bottle of Jack, or, or no, a wine, pardon me, uh, for a, a mystery person to come collect, and they leave coins for him, and, and he has them. But yeah, he has a bit of a liking for Maude, and he says, how about we uh, we get a drink later? Yep. Uh, and she's, she's she well, she's going out with her buddy in this new outfit that's turning heads. His name's Robert. Rob, well, wow, surprise. <laughs> yeah, go figure. Uh, but there's not... We don't see them actually get a drink, I don't think. They they just go sh- straight to a, a bedroom. Yeah, his bedroom. Yeah. Because she's like, I don't I don't want to be in here right now. And, and she's, not, she's not too hot about that. She's not into it. She's like, I don't know about this, man. <laughs> this is a little too She's serious. not... You know, I think in the, in the game of uh, where we stand now with, like, consent... He's not locking her in there, no. and I don't think he's coercing her to be there, but I think she's afraid of breaking the rules. Yes. It's more of a rule thing than a I don't like this guy thing. Mm-hmm. But we do see that, yeah, we see them kiss a little bit, and we'll see where that goes, but Enright is still entrusting her to carry out letters. And for the first time, she starts to read the front of the letter of who it's addressed to. And so we're getting somewhere, and what she had pronounced was fre 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 i don't know <laughs> it could be anyone. i don't know who starts then with at the end of the episode it ain't a man she's right well it's not a man's not named Frey. it's a place called france that's that could be where he's writing to no it be. is where he's writing to she says it to the to robert i'll believe it when i see it I don't trust that she knows how to read yet. Yeah, could could be a guy named Frank. She could be thinking that she's read the words France, but that's not how you, you write France. You never know. I mean, this episode, if one thing we've learned from this episode is that not all is as it seems. So, well, wouldn't that be something if Clara's is actually just a really bad teacher? She's just some miseducating her this entire time. That's the fellow's way. Like, a woman is a bad teacher. Yeah. They don't know how to do it. Uh, but, yeah. We'll follow up on that. It's good to see that there's finally the breadcrumbs are leading somewhere. It, you know, it's finally some payoff. Yeah, and this whole thing with uh, Robert and Maud, this is the kind of thing that leads me to believe we're trying to get to the third chapter. That right. we're not going to say goodbye to Belgravia permanently, mm-hmm. because there's even if they wrap up their storyline, like we find out who he's selling the wa- the wine bottles to. And she finds out who the letters are going to and continues to learn how to read. That doesn't seem like enough. Like, I'm not satisfied if that were to be a time we've given to these characters just to tie up a little loop. I am curious because she thinks that he's writing to a woman in France. So, you know, the only French female that we know is the Marquise on this show. But is it a red herring? She's right down the street. Right. (laughs) Is it a red herring? Could, Could he actually be writing to... Another woman, and this sets up him splitting from Miss Enright for her to end up with. Uh, I mean, we, you know, you know what Ross. we're speculating. Yeah, we were expecting like, John Blasses to show up at some point. What's got, what's happening there? We're closing in on some some Blasses, but that yeah. is neither here nor there. Nope. 
Um, so what else is there to talk about? What other low-hanging fruits are there? Uh, well, now Peter, right? Peter. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's talk Peter because that's kind of sad and also not too much time can be. The the boy is out doing his thing. The boy ain't right. He's in the sun, a little vitamin D, mm-hmm. and we see that. Uh, is it the Duchess? Is like, if he keeps getting better, he can be out in society and out at church with us and. By, you know, he'll be hanging out by the holidays with everybody. Yeah. And the Duke is kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll believe it when I see it. And then uh, Clara, who is taking walks with Ellerby and the the Rochester children, are out. And, and some you know, their story is going on. Mm-hmm. And the kid has a seizure. Just a straight up seizure in the middle of the park. And he's already kind of been looking unwell for this episode. You know, we see him kind of staring off into the distance a couple times. So something's up. Uh, when he has a seizure, there's like people telling it, like screaming, like, <laughs> get out of here. I thought that was you, so bizarre. You freak? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was the, the words that they said to him? It was very mean spirited, these these older people. Uh, it's disgraceful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, get him yeah, out. The, the guys like these old man is screaming. All these kids are pointing and laughing. Like, I know that society has come a long way in the hundred plus years since the show is set. But is that really how it would react to a seizure going on? Wouldn't it be a lot of fear? Like, the human reaction is not to laugh. I've, I mean, I, you'd think there would be, like yeah, a yeah. <laughs> uh. I think fear first, compassion they call, second. They call then him a lunatic. Shame. They call yeah. him a lunatic. He's just laying the there shaking. He's not. But he's the, not with it. The weird, the thing I don't understand is when LRB's caring for him and he says, "Good boy." Did that okay. be strange? <laughs> I feel like that's just like a friendly, you know, bedside manner for a kid. Like, oh, I, I felt for a second there, like the way he said "good boy" is like, did he pay the kid to go into a seizure? But I don't think so because immediately the next scene, the Duke and Duchess are like, "You're dismissed. <laughs> You're not good at your job at all." No, the, the, the Duchess is not saying that. The Duke no. is is laying the the law down because he's humiliated now. This is his his son who's supposed to be inheriting yeah. everything, and he's looking like a clown outside, a lunatic. Uh, now this is where you feel for, like, do you think the Duke's if the Duke had four typical kids and they were out in the field, and Another kid has a seizure. Is the Duke calling that family lunatics and disgraceful? Or yeah, I, I believe it. He can barely even look at his so son. He, yeah, he's having a real tough time. After all the headway he made a few weeks ago, this is a real step down. He tells tells our, our boy Ellerby, not really our boy Ellerby, but mm-hmm. the boy Ellerby, go, you're dismissed. We're putting him in, a, in an institution, and I have to come to terms with the fact that my lineage dies with I, this. It, it does make me question, though, what is going on with this Peter kid? Like, it, it's so yeah. unclear what his medical trauma is. Because we see he can read. Mm-hmm. In those moments where he's social with his dad, he's reading the book about uh, the dog. Yeah. Or, or the kitten. And then he just goes out with kids and he's running around in a circle. We don't really see him socially interacting. And this week we just see him staring at the sun and having a seizure. Like, yeah. where is his brain when he's fully with it? I, I mean, it, it looks like maybe he suffers from, like, epilepsy, maybe, where he kind of just 
passes out from time to time. He can't control it. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, it would help be helpful as like a, a viewer to have some guidance, some some hand holding to try and interpret what I'm trying. To, I'm seeing here. Uh, yeah, anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Hopefully, Peter get well soon. LRB, you're out of work. Uh, and you were mentioning Nell before we jump to that. Yeah. So, Nell, we see that. Uh, Last week, we really didn't touch too much on the fact that she had lost a child tragically mm-hmm. when we talked about the Nell storyline. So that's our bad, but here we are talking about Nell. Um, we see that Emily and Mrs. Dunn are having a conversation about whatever and about going to see Clara. Yeah. And mrs dunn is like oh i can't she's got to be having a baby soon there's nothing in life that's as great as holding a baby and i love babies and baby fever and this that and the third about babies and nell is like shaking like mr carson in the last season of downland right it hurts to hear people talk about children yeah and then now emily in her continued uh indecision on whether or not she's a conniving bad character or a what good characters runs and tells nell Oh, you know, like, I'm so sorry that happened. Tell me a little bit more about your story. Where are your parents? And we hear Nell's story. She is kicked out of her house because of this pregnancy. Mm-hmm. The man fled to London, which is why she went to London after yep. the baby died. And she doesn't know anything about the guy, where he is, anything. Whether or not he'd be interested in seeing her. So. Yeah. We don't know who that man is. Is, is it someone we could have already seen so far? I think maybe, oh, but I wonder be. who. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. it's the pilfer guy who's kissing Maud. That'd be Rob Robert. <laughs> strange, but sure, not not impossible. <laughs> um, yeah, or maybe it was the guy, one of the guys at the bathhouse. Who knows? I doubt that. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess you, you're. Uh, closeted gay guy and you have sex with a woman and you're like nope i gotta go to london <laughs> gotta get out of here do we want to talk about that now the james of it all? james of it all do do we want to talk about the james of it all that's a, well, it's no, a lot all. going on but i guess and let's leave, we'll leave the end for the end yeah so <laughs> we can get jump into it yeah so again he's you know talking to miss warren his his uh, associate there and letting her know he appreciates her for all she does and can't you stay late again and keep company? And she's like, no, I have a family. You keep asking me to do this every week. I can't stay late with you, James. Uh, he's like, if you change your mind, no, I have a family. So anyways, James is uh, out at night with a top hat. He passes by Fledger. Again, we're on a studio set. This is clearly not <laughs> anywhere outside. Um, and it's the same kind of uh, alley, alleyway uh, corridor where he encountered uh, the guy's name is, I think, Gorton. Gorton, yeah. He encountered him last time. And so he's like, can you stop harassing me? <laughs> Come on, man. He's like, I didn't bring any money. I have nothing. Yeah. And, and Gordon's like, I'm going to keep doing it. And he starts ass- assaulting James really violently. He, he lays into him. He punches him repeatedly, kicks him while he's down on the ground, gets him real bloodied up. And Fledger... Comes from around the bend, be like, 
Oh, hey. Fletcher, he wa- this dude waited way too long to interfere. Absolutely. This is like a pro wrestling thing. Like, you wait until the beating is so severe that, he gets to look that it's comical. Mm-hmm. But then and he comes in and he says to the guy, if you, if you even threaten, like, if you mess with this guy again, I will come to your house and kill you in your sleep. Yeah, slit his throat. And I know where you live, so try it. Yeah. Uh, I mean... To Gorton, Gorton's credit, heck of a fighter. The what that first headbutt he gives to James out of nowhere, it's a cheap shot. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, and yeah, then he kicks him repeatedly. But when Pledger gets in there, he hits him with the right hook. Gorton gets in one more punch on him, but then it's just a wailing from Pledger on Gorton, and he's one. Of, that's good. Uh, yeah, he's a real fighter, and Gorton is just like, it, it's kind of. Odd, because he is a real tough guy. The way he's threatening James and the way he's talking, but then he's beaten into like a little, like weak man where he runs off really quickly afterwards. Like, ah. that's he, life. He's legitimately scared. A little, little, little Because he, because he got his ass kicked. What I mean, absolutely think? got his butt kicked. Uh, and so yeah, he he runs away, and James is a bloody mess. Oh my lord. Uh, and all that uh, he asks. Uh, pleasure to do is bring him home just drop him off so uh, Warren can find him and that she does well no 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 well she comes in he, he brings him to the house next day Warren notes blood on the floor and then she checks on James and she's like oh no <laughs> uh, and then he says no doctors right right and she listens to him <laughs> yeah and so I would fire I would fire her immediately if I were the diocese, if I was the church. Well, I mean, can she really defy him? Like, he, he has the power over her, doesn't he? We see what happens later. Mm. Well, Emily notices... No, it's Clara. No, it's Emily. It's Emily he notices it is Emily, yeah. at the, the church that he's missing. James, the whole parish is there except James. Why isn't he there? Well, everybody notices that he's not there because all yeah. the old ladies are like, who are these old priests? They stink. Yeah, they're hot for him. And oh yeah, Emily had already gone over there earlier just to talk to him about Nell, but he wasn't available. He was sick. Yeah, and some bizarre or something like that, and he's yeah. not there. So th- this time she goes back there after not seeing him just to really check in. And War- Miss Warren won't let her let her in. She's like, no, 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 you can't come in here. Yes. And she's like, no, I gotta. And she gets in there, sees him. He's a mess, and she's like, oh Warren, you need to get a doctor. What is wrong with you? Like, come on. Uh, and and the reverend is like, no, 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 I don't need a doctor. Basically, it seems like he's so ashamed of himself that he's just tr- just trying to starve himself out and die. Right. He's not eating. Uh, he's not eating. He, clearly, he's he's messed up. And mm-hmm. then the doctor comes, and this doctor's like, these injuries are days old. What is going on here? <laughs> he has three fractured ribs and a punctured lung. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. He, he's <laughs> lucky he lived that long. Yeah. Well, and we'll see if he can continue to live. I mean, these are really severe injuries for back then. Oh yeah, and so he asks Clara to do him a favor, or Emily to do him a favor, and Emily goes to Frederick's house and says, "I got to talk to him," and he and, and he says, "I'm busy. I'm not. I got a lot going on in my life right now." And Emily's like, I'm, she busts in and she says, your brother's got to see you right now. Well, it's funny because it's, was it, I think Enright says Miss Dunn is here. And it, I think Frederick doesn't clock that he means Clara <laughs> instead of uh, Emily. So he's just like, no, 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 no. And then Emily walks in and he's like, oh, well, you're not so bad. 
<laughs> like, I can, I can deal with you right now. Yeah, you're kind of miserable. I could deal with that energy. Yeah. And she goes, your brother wants to see you right now. No. Nope. And I'm not leaving until we go. And he goes, I'm not, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. As simple as that. He's not my brother. Um, and we could save that last scene for, for later, but she eventually convinces him to go. Yeah, yeah. But Frederick is having a rough time, man. Frederick is having a rough time. I mean, when is he not? <laughs> when over the course of the series has he not had a rough time? Well, this this week is so interesting because we see that him and uh, Clara are like, they're having a... He walks in and he's like, hey, the Duke and the Duchess invited us over for lunch. Are you going to come with me? Mm-hmm. And she goes, no. And he goes, huh, okay. And then she's like, she just tees off on him. She's like, I just want to be in a relationship where we can talk to each other and be honest with each other about all this, all this stuff. I need to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, and the two of them are just clearly not on the same page. But he, he says, like, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to turn a page here. I'm trying to be honest. And I did kind of feel for him in that moment. Like, it was, like, him trying to be communicative with her. But I also understand yeah. there's a bit of whiplash where he's done this before where he'll be really mean and dismissive to her and then... You know, next day. Oh, that didn't happen. Let's let's try it again. It's yeah, like, he does. He outright says to her, "Like, forgive me. I thought we've been over this, and it's not not enough. Not good enough. Not enough." Uh, and why don't we get into? I mean, because there's so much intersecting stuff here going on, though. We can just keep going down with Fred. So we okay. see his boy Ross is like, "Hey, uh, I've been saving for retirement." Mm-hmm. Put a little money aside, and I thought that this uh, and mine investment might be might be a good thing for me. And Frederick's like, "Now it might be a conflict of interest, bro. I don't I don't know about that." <laughs> and at first, I'm like, "This guy is cold. He's yeah. he's taking some advice from the Marquise." But then we flash forward, and he has indeed brought Ross in on this deal. And Ross is there with a the check. And well, did he bring him in the, on the deal? That wasn't clear to me. I didn't think so. I, I think he was still just managing Ross's funds there. Well, when they go meet with the Marquise. Yeah. Well, that that's his man. That's representing him there. I thought that it was for... Or is that for... for the yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe I yeah. misinterpreted that. No, yeah. He didn't bring him in. It's because he helped get him the, the bank thing there. And they even make a the note Banker's of like, draft. Yeah. Because like even... Ap- so they go and the Marquise says... I can't do a banker's check. I need like a. a no, she, actual, he can't. She can't do a check. She needs a banker's draft. Yeah, and, and so that's where Ross says I can get it. And Fred's like, no. And Ross is like, the reason why you have me here is to go do these things for you. And Frederick's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'll go take care of it. But and then Ross and we also have a scene where Ross sees Clara, and Clara doesn't know who he is. Mm-hmm. And Ross is like, I'm Ross. Like I'm the money. I'm money boy. I'm yeah, money man. Mr. Here. Moneybags. And so then, like, clearly, we've been given the impression that Ross is a little dismissive of Frederick behind his back. Like, who does this guy think he is? He's kind of uh, in in alignment with the downstairs people. Yeah. And clearly in alignment with Mrs. Enright. Enright. Absolutely. And he goes to Mrs. Enright and he's like, hey, you got any connections in France? I need to know about what the Dan Tagnac or whatever... Mm-hmm. I need to know about the chateaus, the castles. What's the what's the deal with this marquise? And she goes, "I got a brother or a cousin that lives out that way. I'll write to him because I like you." You think for a guy like Ross to be in the position that he has, he'd have more connections than Miss Enright 
<laughs> to kind of source and find out information for him. But, you know, for the show and him getting closer to Miss Enright, it's just it's so fortuitous that she is the one who knows someone in France that can answer the question he has. Yeah. Uh, and and in a matter of days, mm-hmm. she has an answer that the castle's in ruin and the Marquise isn't really a presence. Right. She's, she, but that doesn't stop her from maybe having a home in Paris, you know, she suggests, uh, or elsewhere. So uh, then we see he goes and meets this guy on a dock. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, you don't think she's on the level? And he's like, yeah, there's... there's." Basically, he just lays out that, like, I don't trust the Marquise. She's yeah. not on... I don't like what's going on with her. There's always this money guy around her. Just because she has a title doesn't mean she's anything. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in this whole show, Ross is on the level, I think. Yeah. He's not... He's not being deceptive. He's just trying to do the Lord's work and stop this. Right. I mean, because at the the top of the storyline, they they say how there's a, you know, they've completed with like uh, getting a loan from the bank. And so there's a there's a lot of exposure to risk here if things are to fall through for, for Frederick. Like they, uh-huh. they, they mentioned like this is going to be potentially bad. If Against the, the foundry. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, Ross is very much trying to protect Frederick a little bit here because <laughs> that's also his, his man who he works with but it does bring up good points of like okay so this castle isn't working she's been manipulating all this stuff about the money my thoughts go to like is she someone who maybe just comes to town collects some checks from people and then bounces because she literally is just blew in from another city at the beginning of the season like yeah with this big reputation it, 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 smelling an awful lot like Maude Beaton yeah she is she up to something? It, 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 I I would hope not because it is too reminiscent of that Gilded Age storyline uh, with Oscar and, and Mod Beaton. But I would not be surprised if that's the route it's going. Now it feels like that's what's happening. Like yeah. and and maybe the show did throw us a huge curveball with the Reverend a couple weeks ago. So you never know. We got two more weeks of this. So anything what, can happen. And how about when Miss Enright gives that information to Ross? He gives her a big old peck on the hand, and she is just. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> she she lo- loves herself some Ross. Yeah, you give her a kiss on the hand from a Ross fella, and she is swooning. Uh, no wonder Mr. Enright is writing anonymous letters to France. <laughs> no wonder. <laughs> this guy under my nose is just pecking on my woman. Uh, the episode also does something very strange, too, where he meets this guy uh, on the bridge to talk about uh, the Marquise, and it's clearly daytime. And then they cut to Maude and uh, Robert uh, in their bedroom, and it's nighttime in that scene. And then when they cut back to the, the Ross scene, it's suddenly nighttime on the bridge. And you can tell that They're it's just not, hanging out. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not, it doesn't even really look like nighttime. They just color graded the, the, what they filmed to make it in alignment with the prior scene. It's so strange. It's such a Let strange Let them do scene. what they got to do. I, it, it's like, I, you didn't have to do it. Sure. Okay. Anyways, it stood out to me. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Marquise, I don't think I trust her. Yeah. To that point, talk about start talking about Clara here. Let's start. start let's start. Yeah, Clara let's here. talk about Clara. I'm just slinging words around. Uh, well, it starts off from where we left off last week with you know Emily had seen uh, that uh, portrait in, in the the window, uh, the centerfold that was uh, Clara. Aphrodite. Yeah, her blood ran cold, and she went straight to Clara to let her know, hey, you're 
portrait was in the window here. She says and, it's lurid. Yeah, and it's like, and, and you know, Claire's making the point. Well, you know, it's a reputable painter place. Yeah, that means well, a lot of people you interact with and engage with are seeing it. <laughs> You're cool with that. And she goes, I, I, she said it wouldn't look like me. And Emily goes, I know it looks like you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then Frederick walks in. And He's like, what's up, girls? How you, how y'all ladies holding up? We're doing okay. Uh, like, say hi to your mother for me. He literally does say that and then closes the door. Uh but uh, Claire goes to check it out with uh, Davison to see if anyone has bought the portrait. And lo and behold, someone had been through there a couple hours ago. It was a regular client, and so it's just going to hang in their collection. Don't worry about it. Uh, and, and she Claire, doesn't stop Claire from worrying. All she does is worry. Yeah, she asks Davison, I shouldn't have to worry about this. And Davison says, yeah, I think it would be fine. <laughs> uh, not with much certainty behind her voice there. Yeah, and then we see she has lunch with the, the Marquise, and mm-hmm. this, uh, I think this might happen before all this, but she has lunch with the Marquise, and she's talking about how, like, this painting, she's so nervous, and the Marquise is like, you got nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're having an affair with the doctor. Yeah. And it's like, ah! She knows too much. Chicken's coming home to roost for Clara. I mean, Clara goes and, um, was it, she meets up with the painters and stuff. She's like, I didn't know you were going to sell the photo to everyone, like, <laughs> or the, the portrait. Like, really? You yeah, and, and like Dearden is like, sorry. It's a good painting. People like it. It works. It looks good. And then Ellerby's like, don't throw away any of the drafts or the sketches. The yeah. world needs to see them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Ellerby, what is your game here, bro? And we, I mean, we find out what his game is, but. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and there's like this, I think this moment of the, like the political discussion between Dearden and Ellerby and, and that woman and the whole little beatnik crew where she's like, I can't do this stuff with you. I can't protest with you. Mm-hmm. It seems like what do we, there needs to be a, a moment of dialogue between the group and Clara where it's like... The, we know what Ellerby's intentions are, but what is it? Do this group like having her around? Like, what is what does she bring to the table? I think they enjoy her presence. It's just like you know, a friend of a friend is our friend, and she's nice enough. She means well. She's pretty. They can paint her. Yeah, but uh, it doesn't stop. Uh, maybe getting ahead, but there is, doesn't stop there from being a scene where the, the Jordan's wife confronts Ellerby and says, "Look, you've gone around." Was that Jordan's Jordan's wife? Yeah, is it clear? Yeah, she's the baby mama. Yeah, but is he the father? We don't. No one's overtly told us that. Who else would be the father? She's like a beatnik. You know, it could be anybody. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's the father. But either I way, thought so too. But it's not made clear. Okay. Uh. Yeah, it, it's. But not, she says that she's, she says to Ellerby like, "What what's your plan?" Yeah. Like you this is there's a lot on the line. You're going to destroy this woman if you take her on one of your little love quests, right? Because she suggests that you've done this before to other people, you know. <laughs> so you can't just keep doing that here. Uh, yeah, there's a lot on the line, right? Because I think you're maybe right, Dave, that they're not married him to that other woman, but they're. Done. I thought they were co- close, but yeah, it doesn't seem like Ellerby is phased though by the conversation that you know <laughs> he may be putting this woman at risk by you know chasing around. Uh, someone and then just dumping her when he's when he wants to move on. Yeah, and also I we we did not start ta- discuss this. 
in the scene where the Marquise is talking about uh, hanging around with the doctor, she's like, oh, he's a handsome man. And I just wanted to say to the Marquise, like, huh? Mm-hmm. Ellerby is not a handsome man. He's a, a unique man. There's a scene but early. he's not. No, he's not. I mean, there's a scene early in this episode where he has this really red-looking nose. Otherwise, either, either he had the sniffles or he's been huffing something. His nose was so beat red outside in the outdoor scene. It's like, yeah, get away from me, man. And, and I don't mean to say judge him based on his looks because he's not an ugly man. He's mm-hmm. just a diff, he he's not a conventionally hunky man like Frederick might be. Yeah. <sighs> so like you're you're chasing this guy. Yeah. So then I mean all this stuff is happening with Clara. Yeah, and she's fighting with Frederick because like Frederick says, "Hey, the Duke and Duchess invited us to uh, lunch again," and she's like, "I'm not going." And he says, well, really? And she says, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm going to do what I want to do. Okay. Uh, but yeah, she meets with the Marquise. And this is the second time. And lo and behold, the Marquise had bought the portrait. Of course. I thought she was going to be the one who had bought it initially. Yeah. So this is a, just a, a big league move for her to like s- snag it from somebody else. Right, and they, they admire the portrait because Marquise makes the point, like, well, it's still very pretty. It looks really nice. And they gaze on this portrait again, and I cannot tell you enough, Dave. This is a terrible portrait. Stop trying to put it over. You can't tell me it looks good. It doesn't look good. I mean, I, I don't know the art style. I'm not trying to judge it. I think it looks like Clara. It's fine. Okay. But I'm, you know, I'm not well-versed in art. I'm just saying it's not like this, like, incredible thing. Uh, yeah, I think you need to be like into Clara to think it's like a work of art. It looks like something out of that Dixit card game we used to play, Dave. <laughs> that make yeah, that makes sense. And like that's good art, but it's not like I'm gonna sell it for a, a buck and make some change out out of it. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, Marquise is letting her know like don't worry about it. This is no problem. And, and so we get the big scene outside before Peter has his uh seizure we right. also did skip the scene where frederick talks to davison about where's clara been oh yeah and clara is just like or did davison's like i'm done it's at a guy's house it's mm-hmm. it's poets and artists yeah it's a private residence see ya i can't and, handle this and he's not too thrilled with that news <laughs> no uh dave what are the odds that uh, frederick eventually sees the the painting Hi, yeah. 99.9%. The Marquise is up to something. This is definitely, I think, part of her plan to, to drive a wedge, I think. Yeah, well, unless Ross intercepts it or something like that. But I think, well, is, is the gimmick that, like, Frederick sees the painting at, at a moment of vulnerability and he's like, I love her, she's great. Or is it like, a, you know, like it backfires on the Marquise? No, or maybe it's he breaks up with Clara and then he's just left with a portrait of her. <laughs> I don't think he's breaking up with Clara. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. Yeah, but now, you, uh, where were we before? Well, they're going outside. LRB and, and Clara. No, yeah. Yep. And the guy's like, I had enough. I got to tell you. I feel something for you. My, yeah. I can't deny it. <laughs> uh, he says, I'm not falling in love with you. I am deeply in love with you. Yeah. And, and 
he starts breakdancing and doing a whole skit for her, like, I'm in love with you. A flash mob. <laughs> yeah. And Clara's overwhelmed. She doesn't know what to say. And then, yeah, Peter starts having uh, seizures, and then that kind of ends that conversation. Yep. Clara runs home crying. A killer timing by, by Peter there. Really saved Clara. Yeah. Really, <laughs> truly. She did not have the answer in her to give him. Um, and then, she, and did, she doesn't know herself, it seems like. She really is caught up. And then there's the sequence where the Duke and the Duchess are, you know, the Duchess goes with the other three kids and they're like, they're talking about what happened. And they're like, what happened to, you know, why did he do that? And they say, oh, well, you know, like, thank goodness you, uh, Clara was there from, from down the street. And the Duchess is like, oh, no. Yeah. We'll see. But I will, I did notice before, because there's a lunch scene where they talk about the the mine and the... and. Uh, you know, have some discussions and, and the Duchess talks to Frederick and when she's kind of consoling him about how he feels like he hasn't he has no power and can't help mm-hmm. his wife, the way she's like holding his hand and comforting him, yeah. if I was an outsider looking in, I might think something's going on there. Oh, yeah, just a little bit. Because, yeah, she really is a little too comforting for him, uh, the Duchess. You, you wonder, yeah. did they have a thing in the past, you know? I wonder. Yeah. Maybe they're like uh, Ross, Poldark, and Elizabeth, Could be. who had a history and something else. The Duke swiped in, swooped in before. But yeah. So we see that now the Duchess is like, oh, she's hanging around with Ellerby. So now maybe that's why she's turning on Ellerby, too. We'll see. We'll see. He's not a man of character. Hard times coming ahead for him. Uh, but now let's get to the big scene. That we've been waiting all season for at this point. I did not see this coming in this really? way. Well, so James is laid up. He's he's beaten, and bloodied, uh, but he's he's healing. But it doesn't look like he's going to come back around. <laughs> he's he's almost down for the count. So this is his final admission to, to Frederick before he goes. Or so he thinks at least, because Frederick shows up after Emily convinced him, and he's like, "I just got to tell you off the top, man, brother to brother." I can't hold the secret anymore. Mom told me on on her deathbed. Yeah, that your daddy is not my daddy, and my daddy is not your daddy. You see, daddy hated you because you weren't his real son. <laughs> and that's just how it is. And Frederick immediately goes to, oh my God, you again just trying to you know put the shine on yourself and make my, me feel worse while you're all laid up here looking like trash. And yeah, just, who you think you are. <laughs> yeah. Spits on his brother. Um, he opens a wound and, and sticks his finger in it. <laughs> yeah, I don't like you. Uh, and James swears up and down, like, "No, this is the truth, man. Like, I had to tell you this." And he said, "So you're Lord Ellerby, Lord, Lord uh, Balassus, not Balas. Oh boy, no, you're Lord Trenchard, not yeah. me." And, and James, like, "Look, I don't want to be Lord Trenchard. You're Lord Trenchard. You, you're the businessman. I'm the way, the way a priest. Just, the way has just been too much for him to carry around." So he just had to let it go. And I like Frederick like laughs it off. He's like, you son of a gun. Like, who do you think? And nah, 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 nah. There is a, a sign There's sign of recognition on his face that there is truth to what he may be saying because of yeah. how much his, his father despised him. And smash cut to uh, Emily peeping from behind a wall. She was in the room hearing all of this. Great. Yeah. <laughs> What's she going to do with that information? Emily is just like always stirring trouble everywhere she goes. And then the episode ends. Yeah. Fred's like, oh, I'll boy. see you, man. Go go die. Where do we go from here? 
Well, I mean, the boy, the Reverend can't die. He's got to come back. Yeah, it would not be a satisfying arc for him to have this whole relationship with his brother, insert this whole gay subplot with him, and then him getting beaten, and then go back to the brotherly thing, and then... And then die. <laughs> yeah, it's just not satisfying. I, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be a million percent shocked if he did die. I wouldn't yeah. be happy with it, but it also would be a shock. One thing. Maybe they're going for like the Game of Thrones route here, like... The best way to keep our viewers on their feet is to do totally unexpected things like this. Yeah. I mean, one thing that comes to mind that doesn't rule out the balasis of it all and his re- potential return is that, if you recall, Dave, the end of season one of Belgravia, he did flee to Europe to get away from London. Yes. He's in France. Could be. Could be. And do we see he, him in the finale? And maybe he's one. Like number 30 in the Royal Rumble? <laughs> he's become We've a been woman. waiting all season. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and that's who he is. maybe he is Davison. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's like he's fifty year old. No, he's Mrs. Doubtfire somewhere. Belassus is the Marquis in the last episode. Oh, that would now Marquis rips off her mask, and it's been Belassus the whole time. <laughs> Some Marquis Belassus connection would be. Oh yeah, that would Unmarried? break my brain. I That'd would be, be so I would be overjoyed. I I hope they're connected. Oh my lord. Um. Because that would be his way of getting his fortune back from his family. Oh, man. Oh, boy. So exciting. We'll see. So many possibilities. This was a good episode. Finally, it got This was a very good episode. Like, I wouldn't say things are starting to pay off so much as, like, momentum started to be built for the first time in, like, weeks. So I'm I'm happy. (laughs) This This is like the Empire Strikes Back of Belgravia. Like, everything looks terribly bleak for, like, most of these characters right now. Mm. But it's not done in a bad way. This week's up power rankings was really tough. Oh, yeah. You want to get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. Let's do, do, let's start going down then. Well, I got the Duke at number three going down. And, you know, there's little hints that he, they may be turning a corner when she, the Duchess is suggesting, like, maybe we can bring him around the family. Uh, and she, what does she call him cute or something? Or, and he, like, she, she flatters him, and he's like, yeah, I am a little bit like that, huh? He calls him adorable. Yeah, he is. I'm a little bit adorable. And he's got, like, a little, like, chubby cheeks, and he's, he's smiling. But after that, he's just like, I don't want this son. I don't want anything to do with him, and how dare him bring shame to this family. Get Ellerby out of here. I hate everything. Ah, oh, come on, man. We well, I think you. similarly, I got the whole Rochester clan. Okay. I got Peter, I got the Duchess, and I got the Duke, because this is not... This is a reaction. Clearly, this is a reactionary situation. Like he's, Ellerby might be gone, mm-hmm. but I don't. You know, like he he's he's upset because we see how much weight the Peter situation brings to him. Yeah, and we see how happy the Duchess was about the idea of getting her son back out in the world. And mm-hmm. God knows this kid had a seizure in public. Like that's not oh, uh, just just on the physical effect on the power rankings. Seizures are you don't just wake up immediately. Well, some people do. But something's yep. telling me he's going to be out for a day or two recovering from this. Yep. And the siblings. Like, not a good look. Not some, it's a traumatic experience for the whole family. Yeah. Well, uh, number two going down, I, get, I got Gorton. This guy gets his ass beat. Gorton? <laughs> yeah. He runs out of there like a little boy. He's so just shook by Fledger. Uh, I mean, he comes in hot. And he beats the stuffing out of James, but man, Fletcher lets him know what's up. <laughs> he is terrified. So yeah, I mean, anytime someone gets assaulted, they're going down. So Gordon at number two this week. And, oh, but and we also didn't talk about the discussion between um, 
Lucian Wood, Fletcher, oh, we'll and Davison. We'll get to that. No, but we didn't talk about it when we yeah, talked we'll, about the episode. Yeah, like, we'll get to it. I know we'll get to it, but I'm just saying. I know. So at number two going down, I have Fred. The, Frederick. Okay. He can't keep his wife in line. He's starting to get annoyed that it's just not working. And he's really trying. You know, mm-hmm. like, she seems to be putting up a wall. Like, the, the fact that the Marquise pitted them, pitted them against each other. Yeah. Like, it's not helping. And the fact that now he's he's putting it all on the line with this mine. He's frustrated. He's got a lot going on. And then his brother lays this truth bomb on him. And he's like, nope, nope, nope. And he's out. Like, it's just a lot for him to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Frederick, I mean, he's he's always got like a, a cloud hanging over his head. So... <laughs> I, I, Hang I, on. He didn't make it to my down list. This week at number one going down, I got Clara. This is real. Clara? Tough. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? A portrait of her is in the window for everyone to look at and gawk at, and then it gets sold to someone, and that ain't safe for her. That's not out there. Meanwhile, she's not happy with Frederick at all. She's got this Ellerby guy professing his love for her, and it's just like, uh, this ain't, <laughs> this ain't I, it, I, man. I, I'll spoil. I don't. I, she's not my number one. I think that she's she's flying way too close to the sun. She's trying to be a little less independent, and okay. it's not working. And I think she's no. starting to realize. Uh. Uh-uh, uh. She's getting stressed too, out. I, she's legit getting yeah. stressed out. So like. Well, me, I. I me, yeah. I think number one going down is pretty clearly the the man who's almost beaten to death, the Reverend James Trenchard. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good case. And and he's he's. It's not just beaten. Almost to death. It's beaten to death because of his who he is biologically, and he, there's no fixing that. And and he just wants to die. And then when he finally thinks he has this moment of redemption that he can tell his brother, like, "Look, it's okay." You know, like all of this anger and stress you've been carrying, it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. And his brother's like, well, screw you, man. I'm leaving. I'm going. Die. Yeah. But it was by that, for that same reason, I didn't include him in the down rankings because clearly this has been that weight that's been, you know, a boondoggle for him his whole life. So to get that off his chest, I think it was a bit of a relief for James finally to have that moment. And it's unfortunate it took this for that to happen. But I think it was a, a win for him in that column, at least. But yeah. Yeah. But the beat. reaction he got was not the one he should have. I read it differently. I read it as hope. That Frederick will, uh, you know. Well, I mean, we all know how this is. You know, this isn't going to no, end with our, our male protagonist being angry s- at him. But no, but I didn't see as Frederick harshly rejecting his brother all the way through in that conversation. Uh, yeah, I think he was. I mean, I think he was like, you had to make this about you, and then he left in anger. So uh, if by the you know one percent chance he dies, bad yeah. way to leave things with your brother. For sure. Well, who's going up, Dave? Up was actually tougher than I thought it was going to be. Because yeah. I think... I think I don't like doing it, but I think the Marquise is still playing this game. She's at number three. No. <laughs> the painting. The fact that she gets this painting, I think she's going to have her comeuppance in the next week or two. But the fact that she's navigating this world and playing these people against each other and getting money mm-hmm. and, and getting the social blackmail of... of Oh, I heard about the painting. I bought it from the person. Now I'm in control of the thing that's going to do this. If you're talking about the juice, the Marquis still absolutely has the juice. She has more juice than she had last week. I don't know. Ross is catching on to her. Uh, so I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I, 
this is the first time where I saw like a, a, a hole in her, her armor. Number three for me going up though, Fledger. This guy beats the crap Lucian. out of Corrin. Lucian Ward. Uh, as we learn that we did gloss over was that he learned to to box and fight when he was 15 because he was getting made fun he of. Couldn't, yeah, he couldn't walk or something like that. Yeah, people were harassing him and stuff. And it's just like, dude, if you're this gifted of a fighter from what we saw here, why aren't you just a prize fighter? Why are you working at this house? You could yeah. literally be a boxer. Maybe man. he killed a guy. That could be it. it. It's so strange because it seemed like Davison knew who he was in his past life. And she does. She knows his name, Lucian Ward. But like we don't see, we still don't know much more about him beyond that. But I think you're in the wrong profession, brother. You could really be a fighter. You could be a bodyguard. Absolutely. So Fledger going up at number three. I, I wish he did more in this episode. He like he's done it by like minute twelve. Yeah, I agree. I wanted more. That, I think that's another reason why I think we're gonna get the next chapter, season two. Well, we'll see. <laughs> if the too many are too many people that I like, I'm starting to like. Okay. My number two going up. I got Ross. He's he smells a rat. He 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 sees that 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 France stinks. Mm-hmm. Pretty cut and dry. Like I did not like this character until this week, and I still don't like this character. But he's you know he's he's taking you you said it. He's the one going after the the juice yeah. that the Marquise has. That's for sure. Well, I got Maud at number two. She's learning to read. Okay, uh, and she's getting some smooches in. Don't trust this uh, Robert character because that's the thing. He is moving a bit fast with her. And so he's got something going on. Uh, but Maude, at least, has, she's got some action. She's, she's got some juice going on. She's reading. She's catching on to Enright that he's up to something. Uh, yep. She's figuring into the plot. Good for her. Yeah, and that's why I got her at number one. <laughs> no, she, she, come on. She went, from, she went from zero to hero. She got a new dress. Yes, she's she reading. She's cracking the code. And she's going on a date. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm in in a in a bleak week. This girl is is on cloud nine. For me, I I don't see how it's anyone but Emily. Like she is very clearly the number one person this week. She has the key information at the end that James and uh, uh, Frederick have different fathers. She's the voice of reason to. Uh, Clara about the portrait that gets Clara very concerned all of a sudden and realizing oh I made a mistake uh, and she's also there for James to make sure that he's like healing up and gets a doctor to see him like and she's also there for Nell in a moment like don't worry about my mom talking about baby she doesn't know anything she's very I, much I, pulling strings I feel like she she's making moves but she has yet to like use the the power which well, is what I'm waiting for from her. So, so wait, so by that measure then, because Maude is reading, she's using her power. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, I think that she just has like an un- undeniably great week. I think, thinking about Emily, the the Reverend is like, get out of here. Don't. I don't want you around. Okay. Her sister's like, get out of here. I don't want you around. Frederick is like, get out of here. I don't want you around. And then she's lurking in the shadows, picking up the, the pieces. Yeah, that's a that's a that's not a gold medal performance okay. from, for All me. Right. And this was like I said, this is the Empire Strikes Back. This is the week where everybody's getting beaten into a pulp. I think the girl getting a nice dress and going on a date with a guy mm-hmm. and making out in his dorm <laughs> can be a gold medal in the Empire Strikes Back. Okay. All right. Well, we got two episodes left, so you know. Yes. It's not the penultimate episode yet. Uh, all right. That's this week in Belgravia. Good week. Uh, 
Dave, mm-hmm. have you been watching anything else? Aside from uh, rock and roll legend Chubby Checker, yeah. just uh, More Love is Blind, not, oh my not Lord. too much else. Have you caught up, man? No, I watched <sighs> one more last night, so I have two more to watch before the Wednesday dump. Episode 8 has been called the greatest episode of Love is Blind of all time by some people. So, oh, oh, so that's, what's ne- that's what I'll probably watch in the next half hour or so. Probably I, I, watch Curb Your Enthusiasm and then Love is Blind. I don't know if the opinion episode nine is even better. It is in favor this season. This is, we are back to like season two levels of craziness with Love is Blind. I don't know where they found these people. They're all in mistaken relationships and I cannot look away. I love a train wreck. <laughs> and I mean, didn't we have to do a Patreon bonus episode about season two? two? Yeah. So I think we might need to just dedicate a straight up Patreon bonus episode to season six. These people. Are just... It's been a long time since there's been a season of a show of this ilk that has been so ca- captivating. Oh yeah, it's just out of control. But between that and then watching the Traders uh, on Peacock, which has all the Housewives and Rally Star uh, Rally Show contestants and stuff, it's addictive TV time, man. I, I can't find time to watch actually quality TV as much as I would like to. Oh yeah, it's tough. Yeah, but I've been. But trying it's also to. like you just want to. At the end of the day, you just want to turn your brain off. And I think the older I get, the more I'm in on that. Like, I, I can I can find the heavy shows, and mm-hmm. you know, like I want to watch. I wanted to watch True Detective. I wanted to watch Shogun. Yeah, and it's like yeah, but my brain really wants to see these twenty somethings make fools of themselves. It is just it, it defies logic, you know. It, re- it really does get you thinking in, in different ways. It's, it's like drugs. It is purely, <laughs> yeah, for drugs sure. for the brain. Uh, but yeah, no other shows worth talking about right now. Um, well, I think we can call it a week here. Oh yeah, for sure. And you can subscribe to our Patreon if you like. You know, kick us a dollar, join our Lord's Grantham Lounge where we have. Uh, additional conversations going on leave us a five-star rating and review on uh itunes or spotify or wherever you listen to us you can find our whole archive on our podbean website too uh you can find us on facebook instagram twitter uh g and lordsgrantham at gmail.com you can always hit us up and yeah we will catch you next time on the pod hey.